Welcome back to another episode of Shy Spirits, guys. I'm John Sheffield. I'm Parker Minchenberg. And we have a special guest today. We have two special guests today, John. Uh, first, our, uh, our lovely lady of the group today, Jenny. Say hello, Jenny. Hello. And our other special guest, Harrison Eugene Pius. Not my middle name, but I appreciate it. <laughs> it is for the purpose of this podcast. Yeah. So, and uh, we will be talking about and drinking uh, some various George Remus project um, products today. And Harrison here represents that fine brand. Uh, yeah, no, I've been working for MGP for oh gosh, it's going to be like I think it's, I think we're almost like two years now. And for those who are just getting into this, uh, what does MGP stand for? Uh, actually, you know what's amazing? It depends on who you, who you ask. Because <laughs> it's, it's like a tribe called Quest, right? It's a, it just is the MGP is. Um, and it's Midwest Grain, and I want to say processing, but I also think people say products. And this is one of those, it depends on who you ask. For me, it sounds like products. It just feels right. Um, but if you go to our, like our actual stock ticker, like MGPI is our, our stock symbol, it probably actually tells you. But uh, I work in the brands division, so I literally wake up every day thinking George Remus, Rossville Union, Aiden Sand, Till Vodka, not MGP. It's it's the it's kind of the the shadow shadow name. Because MGP is so much broader than Oh Joseph, my god. Right? It's it's commercial food starches, proteins. Um, and I know that it's not the Impossible Burger anymore, but I believe when the Impossible Burger first came out, they were using MGP protein. Of course. And it's like just so many things. So many things. Cosmetic grade alcohols. I mean, we have three distilleries now. Uh, we're actually MGP Distillery Collective. By it, again, depending on who you ask, it's got a thousand names. You had me at collective. According to the good people at Wikipedia, oh. it's uh, Midwest Grain Products. Hey, but who knows? And th- yeah, there you go. Um, we so do process a lot of grains, though, in every sense of the word, whether it's the starch, the proteins, the alcohol. Oh, crack that baby! <laughs> um, and. Uh, some people might be more familiar with the Lawrenceburg aspect of the facility, right. which is the most storied and famed one, which was Seagram's, uh, the Seagram's Distillery for a while. It was LDI is what some people used to know it as, but and MGP acquired it not too long ago. And Lawrenceburg, it's Indiana. It's like on the Ohio River, right? Mm-hmm. So it's practically in Kentucky. Um, it's, I mean, yeah, it's Kentucky, Cincinnati. It's, it's, right, it's yeah. right there. Great party city nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, in, uh, I think that's in... The Not store? The, no, the, the one right by New River. Well, oh. I mean, again, it's oh, like, the party source. Party like, source. Party source. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, Sorry. Party City is where you buy uh, streamers. Yeah, they're playing a bachelor party. A, a, yeah. a, a favorite <laughs> of the show, Party Source. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. So, uh, you know, it, but it's one of those distilleries that is just as big and just as ingrained into American history as any of the Kentucky ones. But the Kentucky Board of Tourism has done a really good job <laughs> over the last 70 years of really driving home the idea that bourbon can only be. Be made in Kentucky, and how many times do we hear that? That in, is in a giveaway. Program? That is a common uh, false narrative, and I, for a long time, only wanted to build a collection of Kentucky bourbon. So short-sighted. And then I tried. Uh, this is not a product placement, but the truth. I tried uh, some MGP bourbon, and I was like, "Whoa, that is very good." Chances are, your listener <laughs> uh, have tried MGP. If they, I mean, if, if they've dug this far into podcast worlds, like. About whiskey, and there's a couple of them. They've tried an MGP whiskey, they just don't know it. Because... We, could, we could all agree, if you're listening to this, you really dug, hit the bottom of the barrel as far as um, podcasts about spirits. You've, got, you've listened to all of the good yeah. podcasts. You, you literally do nothing but listen to podcasts, and you somehow run out of content. Yeah, I'm going to fire my assistant for scheduling me on this one. <laughs> um, 
She no, would, she owed me a favor. Tr- tr- truly, though, uh, it's it's actually we're one of the largest. We are the largest rye producer in America, but we're one of the largest rye producers on Earth. Um, arguments. You're talking about rye whiskey. Rye right? whiskey, right? Yeah. We we could we could argue that it's like 85 to 87 percent of all the rye whiskey domestically produced is is ours. Um, that's again that number changes every year because it changes every year. But that's, I'm I'm very comfortable as a representative of the company saying 85 percent. Um, and, you know, it's names you would know that I can't obviously confirm nor deny, so we're just going to skip that whole bit of it. But in like terms of brands that are yeah, sourcing that, that are buying from us. They can tell you all day. I wish they would tell people. but um, and, but and some are. Some are very open about that because sure. they want that because MGP has gotten a lot. Yeah. In the last two years, MGP has gone from unknown to uh, infamous and then just famous. Like just yeah. people, especially like that 10 to 12 year uh, barrel or uh, barrel proof um, MGP people will spend a lot of money on it. Yeah, and for for good reason. I think they're yeah. they're doing some great things. I can safely say I have nothing to do with the actual distilling of it. So you know, this is this. I, I'm in the sales side of things. So you know, take my opinions with a grain of salt. But I think we make some pretty darn good stuff. And so, so you work here in the Chicago market. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. And um, Chicago, Chicago land. I mean, oh, look, don't get me wrong. I've gone to Rockford. I'll go. I'll go to to <laughs> what's it called. Uh, uh, not Geneva. Well, I will go to Geneva. Joliet? Uh, yeah. Well, that's not that. I was the, what's the one in the far west that I keep always forgetting about? Um, where uh, Blonde Brothers is. Galena. Oh, Galena. I knew it started with a G. Yeah, it took great. me a second. Yeah. took me a second. But like, yeah, I'll do whatever. Anyway. So we're not doing any of your rye today, but we're doing your bourbon, right? But our bourbons are all high rye bourbons. Uh, we use two bourbon mash bills in our George Remus brand. It's a 21% rye mash bill and a 36% rye mash bill. Uh, so even though there's no rye whiskeys here, our rye roots are definitely prevalent in this. And do you have any malted barley? Is that third grain in there, or is it... Um, not going to divulge the full thing. Yeah, just nice. that's... Oh, I just thought right. maybe... Just no, thought I, maybe. Appreciate, I appreciate you know, have, that. I have a couple drinks, and we'll look at this. <laughs> Fair so enough. If you remember later on. Fair enough. So, But we're doing more than just George Remus, too, right? Well, well, the first thing we have... Let's, let's talk about the first thing we have right here, which is uh, Eight and Sand. Mm-hmm. Can you, tell us a, a little, can you tell us a little yeah, bit? Yeah, so Eight and Sand is a blended bourbon that we produce. It's actually the newest member, technically, to the family. It's the newest member from the Indiana story. We actually, right before COVID, purchased a distillery in D.C. that's a gin producer for us, a Green Hat distillery. Very exciting. And tons of fun. I was another another show. That's another show, right? That's our gin podcast. Yeah, sure. Totally, totally different. Totally every day. Um, Wait for that one. Yeah. Ginning Up Trouble with John and Parker. Oh, that's, oh, 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 my God. That writes itself. Yeah. All right. You can pay your royalties. So, <laughs> Eight and Sand is actually a blended bourbon. Blended bourbon gets kind of a bum rap. Um, when people think of blended bourbon, uh, they're thinking of Green, Canadian, you know, Green uh, Neutral Spirits. Yeah, right? Canadian Club or with the the Mist. Oh my God! Oh man, the Mist. The Mist. Right. And the idea being that it only has to be fifty one percent bourbon, and the other forty nine can be whatever. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to put low quality stuff in there to save money. You can put rye we're using a little bit of light whiskey which is whiskey aged in a used barrel for about two years right so there's multiple categories that can go in there we are not using grain neutral spirit i can 100 percent say there's not any gms in this bottle and that kind of you know sets it apart in terms of consideration and like in terms of the palate and all that stuff so i really warmed up to this it's, brand recently <laughs> it isn't it's not your typical blended uh whiskey right. or bourbon right right just because it and it 
you know, it's not coming in a plastic bottle. It doesn't come in jug format, you know. In fact, you couldn't call it blended bourbon, right? Because if you add anything to bourbon, you would only be, you could only be water. Blended bourbon is a legal category that is just it? says, yes, it has to be 51% bourbon. So all okay. the bourbon rules apply. It's like a turducken, right? Uh, yeah, all yeah, the bourbon like rules it. still apply. But then you shove that inside blended bourbon category, which is which is then the other 49% can be other stuff. Terrible. Yeah, I believe you can add coloring to it, too. We also do that. Currently, H. Scheller is rolling over in his grave. I'll tell you what I love about this particular bottle is that it's twenty one ninety nine. Ah, that's what we Yeah, right in the back. No GNS or coloring added. I just, you know, right. There is a difference, and there are other ones out there whose names certainly escape me because I didn't necessarily do a ton of market research before I showed up here today. That was for your assistant to be right. Yeah, she's fired. His research team. I wanted to assume it was a she. You know, it doesn't matter. So it's, it's canon now. Yeah. So um, let's take, a yeah, sip. Let's take, a, take a sip. All right, so it's 88 proof. You're definitely again, again, this is this is our bourbon, so there's still going to be you know that that high rye content to it, but it should be a little lighter. Everything we're drinking past this point obviously goes well past 88. It smells spice. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking like a little bit of mint and uh, a little bit of anise. I only just got the the 88 proof. Um, I'm assuming it's a back to the future reference. 88 miles per hour. I, you know what? If, the time. if that's going to help you push things forward in life, I'm going to say go for it. Um, oh, no, so the, the actually, the, the 88, the 88, and all the eight references um, are the eight, a reference to the 811 like rail line that runs directly through Atchison, Kansas, and kind of really pulled my, them, that Midwest area together. My favorite part of Kansas. Now, now Jenny, yeah, so you got some cinnamon there. What else you get in there? Maybe a little peanut. Peanut. I get that. I'm feeling um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of like kind of pecan and anise. Those are kind of like a blend of flavors I'm getting right now. Yeah, but all all around, it's a really nice yeah. facing whiskey. Mm. <laughs> I as we like to call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know there there's definitely room for this exact type of brand. Mm -hmm. You know it's 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 a great go to. You can make a cocktail with it, and not feel guilty because you're not you know overspending on it. But the quality is really there if you're gonna. You know, drink it neat. Yeah. It's, it's a good oh, yeah. all-purpose bottle. Uh, ja it's like the jack of all trades, master or not. Might get some Versus nutmeg on that too. It's totally good. It's a perfect Thanksgiving bourbon, mm -hmm. honestly. I think also. Um, Blended bourbon. Well, yeah. Um, it's <laughs> just yeah. keep it to the category. Um, this bottle was opened um, for maybe uh, the better part of a year now. So wow, like bottles don't that. last that long in my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, bottles made in sandwich, they don't last that long in my house. Right, yeah. Right. Um, I've got a couple of bottles that have been open for a year. I've got a couple of bottles that I haven't opened that'll be in there forever because mm. I'm just not drinking them. From um, MGP? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know how like you know how like every group of friends has like the one bread maker that everyone's gifted to everyone else oh. at every wedding. Yeah. Now, I have this bottle's getting regifted a bunch of times. Oh, it's a gift to have a good <laughs> But I will never talk trash about another brand because that ain't worth it. Mm -hmm. So. I thought it was like a special. You can look for your next job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and Parker does make a good point. I have in the past represented represented several several brands before this, and I'm happy to be you know here in this in this space. Absolutely. Um, oddly enough, my first job was with a brand that was completely sourced from MGB. My first job in the industry was with uh, W. H. Harrison Bourbon out of Indiana, which I, as a former employee, I know that it was. You know, source from MGP. 
uh, back back in the days when it was, I think it was still LBI. So yeah, it's it's a full circle. Well, and uh, I did want to talk about it. We uh, due to a error on uh, the production staff's part, we do not have a bottle of regular regular old George, George Remus, which you can find on the shelf for thirty nine ninety nine um, to sample today. But uh, it's wonderful. Uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, yeah. So the the flagship Remus, and we do have some single barrel picks coming up. Like you know, so it, yeah. it, it, it does come in the same stock. But I said if the twenty one percent rye, the thirty six percent rye, blended together. You know, the age statement on this doesn't exist, but it is because we're blending, but it is generally minimum four, getting close to eight, uh, depending on the, you know, which bottling we did. It's, it's always done to a flavor profile. Yeah. And whereas a lot of people talk about their master distillers, um, I think before the show I was talking about just, you can't just have one master distiller in place. Not that size. That's just not how it works in real life. I mean, we can put a fancy name on a bottle and tell you, hey, yeah, you know, Jimmy Russell did this himself, but... Probably not recently, you know, and and I love him by the way. No, that's not. It's, I fucking I love that 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 juice. I just we have master blenders uh, on staff, and that is another level of mastery that just I don't think enough people talk about, and I think they're starting to. But the yeah, blending I think, is made. I think some brands have and um, distillers have kind of backed off from just master distillers to master tasters, master blenders. Um, think that those are actually some some brands are all about the blender right dixon um stedman i think with kentucky owl i think that's the dude's name well and but but think about when kentucky owl really started to make uh make it onto the scene that's still recent like in terms of right. bourbon history where everything's aged for multiple years i mean these are recent well, additions also, to them yeah none of us have been drinking bourbon since it was popular in like the 50s 60s but yeah like in our 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 memories are pretty recent yeah was john an immortal vampire well, I feel like he has an age today. He is working on a time machine, so that's it. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm almost done. Yeah, that's going to be great. Um, Do we want to move on to the next one? Yeah, well, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I did talk about the Remus regular, but what we're going to get into here is the Repeal Reserve. Correct. So this is the treat, right? Mm -hmm. Because Repeal Reserve Series 4, every year there's a new series. It is George Remus Repeal Reserve. So it is everything you love about the George Remus, right? The same mash bills. But the medley is kind of the greatest hits of the year. And it's always over 10 years old. So you get a huge age bump, which gets a lot more barrel character to it. The blending is still there because that's how you create that kind of depth of palate. It's, and it's like almost like, is it correct to say batching almost? Like I feel like batching is like... Uh, well, batching would imply that we're doing the same thing multiple times. Okay. This is, this blend happens once. We do a big, large batch, for lack of a better term, of it. But it never gets done again. Like the next year is... So I think the first year, and this is now, this is the one we're on right now is uh, Series 1. So the very first one that ever came out, 94 proof. It is the Apocrypha at this point because all the other ones are 100 proof going forward. This is the only one that was ever 94 proof. And when did this one come out? Four years ago. Okay. Easy to keep track of that part. Um, <laughs> and I believe this was a 10, 11, and a 12-year-old bourbon blended together. This, it gets hard to remember the individual blends. No, it was 11 and 12 years Series 2. We, we can discuss it when we get to that. Uh, yeah, I was just saying, like, yeah, I, I remember... I, a I, couple, I, right, but but going all the way back, I'm almost positive the first one was 10, 11, and 12. The current one is all 12. Like, it, yeah. So it, it just changes, but it's definitely in that window of 10 to 12 years, which for us in Indiana is definitely a sweet spot. Um, before we taste this, I do want to ask you, what, um, we got the four in front of us, what's your favorite one? <sighs> I Honestly, four is my favorite one, and I know that sounds kind of like a cop-out, 
but three was my favorite one before four came out, and two is my favorite one. This is actually, and I'm only saying in comparison to the others, my least favorite, and I'm gonna say that specifically because I wasn't working for the company when it came out. That's right. <laughs> Clearly, they just weren't ready for this. It's not on the merits. And, uh, and be, no, and because I think at 94 proof, it has a lot of character, but the moment they started putting it at 100 proof, it started just, it had, it just had this body to it. You know, if it's under 100 proof nowadays, I do have a hard time tasting it. So. That's kind of common though, among people who drink bourbon right. pretty frequently. Um, so I think every year we've learned from the response the year before. And even though it's the greatest hits, we're always pulling, you know, we're always improving off that process. Well, um, yes. We're going to taste it and see what we think right now. Yeah. And I'm curious to hear what you guys' favorite of yeah. the, the four are. Mm-hmm. The bad news is if it's not four, there's no way you're getting the other one. Because <laughs> this is my last bottle of one that I opened for this. Well, that's pretty exciting. I feel like it smelled a little like honey or caramel, maybe. It is delightful, though. It is good. Yeah. It's, it's very sweet. Very pleasant. It's almost like what? cologne. A bunch of people like complained. Putting my sales hat on for a sec. A bunch of people did like go up in arms when we raised the price after year one, but it was because of the Proof change, yeah, and it puts you into your tax, tax bracket. So, yeah, we're we're doing our best not to not to keep that happening. For the record, this this but. actually reminds me a little bit of the eight and Sam. Like it is, um, I think because it's only what six proof points off. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's obviously uh, an older tasting bourbon. Like it's got a lot more of a wood to it. But it's honestly, I think that both of these are really enjoyable, like cousins. As, you know, people I mean, it's in our DNA, though. The fact that the two of them feel like they're in the same family. I mean, it's truly, it's a, it's a DNA thing. You know, it's carbon-based, just like everything on Earth is carbon-based, right? Like, right. If there's at some point, there's a fundamental building block. And my, my, if I had to guess, I would say it's the rye, honestly. Because, that high rye. Because we do rye well. Rye is a pain in the butt to distill. And, and, but you do it good. And we, yeah. But we do it, and that's why people come to us for rye, because they don't want to deal with it. Because it kind of gums up the still a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. It like turns into library paste if you screw up. It's you got to get in there with like a shovel. Ugh, it's a mess. Uh, that sounds nasty. I've done it once. And, and John, do you get a nice little spice in the end of that? Yeah, I often don't like to use spice as a... as Because a, it's like, well, what kind? Like, there's, you know... Baking like spice. No like, are we talking like, are we talking like ethanol, or are we talking like... I, I, I don't think... Uh, like, not cinnamon. I guess more yeah. Vegas spice because I, I definitely get a little on the finish. It's kind of warm me up mid chest there. Oh yeah, it's definitely got a nice, um, even better than the sand, like a little. Um, I don't want to say a Kentucky hug. It's less than that. No, no, yeah. Honestly, this is super easy drinking. Very yeah. easy. Um, but it remi- but it reminds you that it's like still. But uh, but I'm not important. as a, I'm not as offended by low proof things as other people are. It's not even an offense thing, but I will say this is definitely all right. So we talked about how everyone's a blend, right? Yeah. But it's always a blend between our mash bills, the yeah. 21 and 36. You can tell which one of these leans heavier on the 21 and 36 mm-hmm. because there's an intense like rye character that comes through if it leans more on the 36. So that lent greatly on the 21. So the reason it feels a little softer, a little bit more delicate, it's also lower proof, but keep that in the back of your minds as you taste the next ones because, you know, it changes, again, it changes every year. That is kind of exciting too that like one starts off with this like very easy approach and now we're going to move on to something that is going to be a different flavor, a little bit more robust. This is definitely more robust. The change from one to two I think was, I think for some people who are early Early adopters, no, we're good. Um, early adopters, I think it was definitely like uh, whiplash. 
this actually has like less anise kind of like uh, smell to it. And so are you uh, are you a New Hope kind of guy, or are you an Empire Strikes Back guy? Yeah, it just depends. I no, like it though. No, I love Return of the Jedi. Is that, is that why this entire studio is is decked in Jar Jar Binks stuff? You yeah. are an evil person. Let's start there. Uh, and a liar. I was going to ask about all the Jar Jar Binks. But... <laughs> and now it's canon. Uh, all right, no, we'll give him that credit. That's you, John. There is a life-size Darth Vader helmet staring me in the face. Yeah, yeah if, that if, you can wear, by the way. If you look around the studio, you'll notice um, Darth Vader, um, at the moment, he's partially concealed, beautiful Yoda uh, painting mm-hmm. in the corner there, and uh, and of course BB-8. And there's also a uh, Thanos gauntlet on a different topic, but he had a lot of good ideas. Gold medal from Chile. And a chili cook-off gold medal. We don't need to get into that. No, <laughs> no one in this room is upset about that. What's What's interesting I, about this? Not this, everyone this podcast. Yeah, what's interesting about the podcast is even though we all ended up in the same line of work, more or less, and in this friend group, the history of this like this table goes back a lot farther if people can already tell person can already tell <laughs> if our <laughs> listeners <laughs> maybe listeners. um but yeah this i is, love this one i yeah. I, I it's really I still good. Love too and i was i was you know internally company like you know sales team wise you know everyone's got an opinion right it's favorite child kind of thing you know everyone's got one they don't like talking about it but like i was team two i was fucking team jacob the whole time Right, this is team two. I'm, I'm, a, I'm with you on that. It's like, what, uh, what flavors you got? I'm picking up like this really neat bl- uh, spectrum from like marshmallow to anise. Like it is both like sweet, but it is also like got like a tongue tingling. Tongue tingling, yes. I get a hint of butterscotch on there. I was thinking, I was thinking caramel, but I think it's actually butterscotch that I'm tasting. It's rich, yeah. There's there's a rich flavor that I haven't been able to. I mean, yeah, this I, I remember the, when I initially having this years a couple of years ago when it came out, and it was so good. I had two bottles of this served in my wedding. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I I also I bought a bottle of this and uh, was so excited to have it uh, and was pulling it out of my trunk and dropped the box that it was in and shattered my. Uh, was a recently bought what a horrible day <laughs> you know you could yeah. have just come back in the store and they would have given yeah did you ask me I would probably I was it. already home it was I mean but can I get a bottle of it now I mean, no <laughs> not two not two not, yeah, not two um, and not during COVID they don't really don't want you picking up samples from the warehouse and uh, and sharing them with people right now they, they really want everyone in their own home That's and good. I would say I would say just because you know we are recording this in a time of COVID that this COVID coven because John, John and I live alone, and we, this is the first time we get to go out of the house, and we only see you two. I feel like, you know, we're just, we're not being irresponsible by no, doing we, this. No, we've got this under control. Or, or this is, is this, our... are we all remote and not in the same room? No, we're all in the same room. We were just talking about what was in the room. We are. <laughs> we were just talking about what was in the room. We're all in the same studio, but we're also... If you're going to be a good liar, you got to have a good memory. We're also in the same bubble. <laughs> that's, that's where I fail. Um, we're all, yeah. But I, to your point, though, I do like the two more than the one. Agree. And... It only gets better. It was I would, really, really I would, nice. I would drink that all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the good news is, I would drink that all day. Depending, yeah. depending on when you finally get around to releasing this, like date wise, um, three is still findable. Mm. Heck, I, I saw every now and then you see somebody send a snap a picture from like a backwoods liquor store and there's a bottle of one, and I, I will bounty that. Like I go look at no, I'll go get it if it's if it's within reach. Because you know, for moments like this. Right. You're all lined up. 
You only have one. I mean, one open bottle left now. Um. Yep. Yep. Uh, the one and three, I'm actually almost out of. I have a little bit of two for some reason. Well, you stockpiled it because it's so good. Yeah, I actually don't know why I have so much of that, but this this to me. So this is three, and this has a much lighter aroma. I mean, I'm picking up something. Okay, so wait, so so we ten, eleven, twelve on the first one. The second one was 11. ten and eleven. That yeah, was eleven and twelve. Series two was eleven and twelve. Yeah. So it was I'm, series I'm, three, ten and eleven. I'm a hundred percent that series two was eleven and twelve. You know what the worst part is? I could have actually brought the physical bottles, but I was like, ah, this is going to be you know small, slow little, setup, little yeah, tasting. a little taste. And it's on there. And this is what I will appreciate about us because keeping the numbers straight over the years has gotten harder. That on the front of every label, and maybe when you put this up, you'll include a picture of the, the bottle. Yeah. On the front of every label, you have the actual breakdown of the mash bill, the year of the barrel, the percentage of rye in that, and then the percentage of that mash bill that went into the total medley. So every year, even though it changes, you can always see the like you know the, the ingredients list. You know, the, and that's the, that's important. That's transparency. I, I do have a bottle of the Series Four, which does have that on it somewhere around. Oh well, the Series Four is easy to remember because it's the one that's currently out. I, it's you know certain things just get deleted the from the memory. But yeah, I mean, while I can quote the Princess Bride start to finish. I never made room for algebra or, like, there's, you know, not a lot of free memory going on in the old hard drive. Uh, you know, consumers really value transparency. I think that that makes sense. Like, that was a really good move. Like, we want to know how old this is, how much of it's in there. Yeah. And it's a nice cheat sheet for people like us out, out in the field. So this is smell like I'm having trouble right. pointing. Uh, here's I, why. Just for the record, I looked it up. Um, yeah, it, Series 2 is 11 and 12. It's actually a blend of three things, uh, 111 and two twelves. Ah, oh. but so two, so the twelves are different mash bill. Like yeah, yeah, there's rye, yeah, there's a twenty one percent rye the, is the eleven, and then um, which actually reminds me, God, sorry. Yeah, and then like it's um a higher rye twelve, and a like medium rye twelve. So so, so that that reminds me the reason I have I know I have more two than I have three and one. One was out before I came on board. So I, the one I had, I bought. Like I just went out and got some. I had two on hand because I remember when two launched. But when three launched, we had less of it because we were in more. You know, as again, this is a finite. This is a finite product. Remus regular is around all the time, year round. For the love of God, the day we run out of it, I will be on an island somewhere. Just finally, I'll, I'll made it. Caribbean or Pacific? Yeah, Parker will have left me on that island. I will be <laughs> yeah. on an island. <laughs> Right, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but so every year it gets a little bit quicker, quicker down down the line. So every state gets a certain amount of you know allotment. Like like uh, forget the forget allocation. This is not necessarily an allocated product. It's on the shelves. Your it's goal, on the physical shelves. You can walk your, up and just you know. Pull your goal isn't to be Buffalo Trace Antique yeah, we're, we're, Right, we're not we're not trying. Look, but here's the thing: it's not it's not a goal, but it's inevitable because in order to do something that's this unique and special we only have a finite group of products we can pull from every year which means we can only make a certain amount every year and then that gets divided up over we're thankful to live in a state with a major metro area that does great business like Chicago. Chicago, yeah. so we, we definitely have a little bit more access than say you know western tennessee which again i i don't even know if we're there yet but Memphis, hypothetically right you know Great but, barbecue, but maybe not great bourbon. But I, 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 do, I do love this product, and I could definitely see this at some point becoming one of those things where I, you know, limit it one per person in the store. Yeah. Cause, and that's how it starts. Yeah. But, but again, so I have two because, you know, when it caught on, and I just had it. 
Yeah. Three, we ran out of probably four months ago. It finally was out, and we're almost entirely out of four. Wow. Already. So the year hasn't even ended, and I believe, you know. People like, are catching it, on. But it just in terms of what's in inventory for our distributor, I think we're down to like the last of it already. It's been doing well, and I would challenge anybody to, to find a better um, bourbon under $100. Yeah. Well, all right, what so, do they usually run? Uh, 79. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. About 79. Bucks. 79. Yeah. This so, is real nice. So earlier you mentioned the, the smell. Yeah. yeah the, speaking the, of Series 3. The aroma of Series 3 has this complexity. And when I first smelled it, I was like, I'm getting like something like a graham cracker, a marshmallow. And I was like, it's a s'more almost to me. Like, okay. it's a very, like, very. I get that. You're right. I get that out here completely. Definitely, definitely the marshmallow part. There's definitely a blend of things going on there. Right. It is delightful to taste. I will tell you that. <laughs> and and actually now I'm getting a lot more of this like toffee butterscotch like. Really I was thinking like butterscotch vanilla, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it is very very tasty, very smooth. I like easy drinking. I liked two a lot, and I like this better. I think you're right. I think you're on. It's, it, it, it's not. I mean, believe me, I had nothing. Again, I had nothing to do with the development of this. It's a matter of. I understand that every year we we they still ask us our opinions, you know, as a as a group, you know, it's aggregated, yeah. and adjustments are made based on, you know, what's available. And the other thing is what's available, right? You got to project this stuff out. Um, series four is all twelve year, but it's only two two picks from twelve year, so it is absolutely amazing. And I don't want people to get upset next year when it's not all thirteen year. It's always roughly between ten and twelve, and there's no hard rule. But like nobody's ever upset by other brands like not increasing their age statement on age statement. I just don't want to make. I hope it doesn't become uh, like people aren't expecting five to be all twelve year. It might be a ten and a twelve. It might be an eleven and a twelve. I, I think that's our sweet spot in a lot of ways. And if you're looking for a great expression of it, you know, I think it'll be bourbon. Well, so it's less about also like um, making sure that you have like the right um, like years as much as you have the right taste, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you want to make sure that. Uh, a 10-year-old bourbon can taste better than a 13-year-old bourbon, depending on what barrel you're pulling it from, right? I Listen, I age age and maturity are two different things, right? And that's, that's, what I that's a classic. I'm 34, I I'm 34 and I still <laughs> giggle every time I say duty, right? <laughs> age and maturity are not the same thing. Right. Listen, Harrison always says, age and size don't matter. That's, yes. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> We all say that because we're, uh, yeah, approximately five, 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 six, you know? So. Yeah. Hey, come on. That hurts. Mm -hmm. Mr. 5'8 over here yeah. just really looking down on us. I didn't know he was 5'8 because I couldn't He's tell because I'm so short. You're 5'9, right? 5'8. I'm 5'9. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Finally, somebody's wearing the boots around here. Um, so, okay. So, Series 4, the one that is currently out at the time of this recording, um... Series 4 is two 12-year picks, and I think it is the best one yet. But again, that's not even, um, like, I'm not trying to be biased. I genuinely believe in that progressive, like, it's gotten better. Well, I'm smelling it now, and I have to say, it really has a, like, very classic bourbon profile. I was about to say, like, it smells smooth, and I know that's a weird thing to say, but it smells smooth. I mean, it just, it, it smells familiar. It smells like, it's hard to find one flavor uh, coming out of this. Maybe it's complexity, maybe it's I don't know what, but out of the smell, I I hmm. I think I, 
there's like a, a really nice oakiness to the smell, and now I've tasted it, and it's this is I think one of the best sips from start to finish. Like, it's not as um, fall tasting as the last two I, I pick up. You definitely don't get the like I was calling earlier the baking spice on the finish. This mm -hmm. is like a very a very balanced sip, like drink. It's really consistent across the way. I'm not really feeling the any kind of harshness at all. It's what, what are the notes though? I'm I am having a harder time. No, I'm also struggling notes. to find a, a one particular note. I think that speaks to its complexity. And that's why we blend. And so I'll make note of the fact that last year we did a a one time ever release, Volstead Reserve, George Reesville Reserve. It was a bottled and bond fourteen year bourbon from us. And it was delightful, but because it's bottled and bond, you're not blending, right? Yeah. And while it was delicious, and honestly, what a 14 is a pretty great year for us. Like, it, it, it really hit a lot of marks. The depth I get from Repeal Reserve is so sneaky good because it's, and hang on, let me use my art degree for half a second. It's like painting a picture with multiple colors, right? You can make a black and white, you can just do black and white paintings, and it, I mean, there's a lot of depth and shading you can do. You can create a lot. But the moment you start adding another color and another color, you start blending and creating this entire tapestry. And I think that's where the art form is in this. Now, I'm neither an artist nor a master <laughs> blender. So I just, it's, you know, anything that's sufficiently advanced from your brain seems like magic, right? Like if, if you can't explain it, it's magic. Yeah, yeah. It seems oh, yeah. magical to me, what they do. What, but so the complexity is really there. Well, I am. So I'm trying to... Um... The thing I've picked out is there's an almond. Uh, That's not almond. That was Parker's last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but what is it? It's not. Um, what is that flavor? That's almond. Uh, comes from almond. Like the cookie that comes from almond. I say if you um, say marzipan, I'm leaving. No, I'm not. I'm not because I always have a hard time picking up marzipan uh, and remembering what that comes like. from almond. Uh, it's know, like a pinoli or something. Like, I don't uh, eat sweets, so this is this is. No, I was gonna say I don't know what you're talking about. I was like when you said cookie, I was like, does he mean candy? Like I don't, like, I just don't know. It's definitely uh, nutty-ish, but it's not fully. You know, it's not as nutty as you get. It's like it'll come to me. I get a little um, chocolate covered almond. Chocolate covered almonds. I feel like this is a great time to tell you I ate all those chocolate covered almonds. I know, you I know, my apartment. I know, you know did. okay. Just check. Just check. <laughs> They're so good. I tried. Don't I really expect, tried. Don't expect. Yeah, I really tried. But I get a little bit of that on here. Now, okay, so we tried all four. Yeah. What's your favorite? John's John. favorite. I, I would say that um, probably the three. I was gonna say I think I like three better than four. That's my. It's it's a close close call. It is. Um, but, um, I. I like them both for different, very different reasons. What I like most about three is that it is a, it just meets my subjective flavor preferences, and those are um, kind of like I enjoy sweets. I have a sweet tooth, and Jane, you should put a little bit of three back in there. And that, I'm not, I'm undecided. <laughs> I need it. No, 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 no. That butterscotch that really came through on three. Uh, really, I'm just a nip of three. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. Still, just still deciding. I still have a number of single barrel. But if you ask, if you ask me of these four, which which had like the most. Um, which had the best classic bourbon profile, I would find, I think, number four to be that. Okay. I think number four is definitely the most mysterious. People do like mystery. And, and, and truly, I, look, uh, you know, again, I don't know what five is going to be. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's mean to tease people with one, two, and three when they're not maybe going to be able to find them. But that, and that's the joy of it. You just get to live in the moment and, and enjoy what it is. I think three has a lovely sweetness on the front of it. 
that I really enjoy, and I th- agree. I'm going to take John's words that it's just like it meets the flavor profile that I prefer. But three and four together are my favorite, but I think I like three a little bit better. You know what? I'm going four. I'm trying to get. I tried three again. I'll. I'll. Don't be wrong. There's not a bad four in the bunch here. I'm going four. I think they. Uh, they really knocked it out of the park. It's like about the mystery in it. I like it. It just. I want to drink more of it and really break down the the, the complexity of it. Well, I think honestly, the complexity is marzipan. I just looked it up. And <laughs> I think it's drink sugar or honey and almond meal. Ooh. So there you have it. You like All the marzipan. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we move to the next portion of our podcast. Well, so we don't let that sound cool yet. It's still whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really, I'm really zoned in on having like a shitty beer by my side. And hold on, I have a theory about also, this. Also, I believe all of us have yeah, we all that have yeah. happening okay. right now. Yeah. Flavor, uh, I see the word in. Kirkland over there, so that's that's a great that's a great sign. But um, no, I do have a theory about this, and I, I I've been preaching this for a while, and now I've got a platform, so I'm going to do it. I think crummy, <laughs> a very small platform. I think crummy beer is the best companion to great whiskey, because you're trying if you're trying to cleanse your palate, one of the best things you can do is water, bubbles, and alcohol and oil. And the one thing that has an emulsion of a li- can take care of the alcohol soluble flavors, mostly water. Got a little bit of effervescence to kind of just get up, up in there, you know, up in your sinuses. I'm Spirit gesturing. Too much sugar. See that? That's that's right. Right. Yeah, you can't right. And 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 it it goes down easy, and it doesn't necessarily add to your total alcohol content. And I've got a Miller Life, a Miller Light, and a fucking Miller High Life here that's in front of me. <laughs> First spill. But but and again, I don't. It's yeah. not a lie. Um, I I don't appreciate like. I don't think people appreciate, sorry, the, the idea that these are amazing at uh, that these are amazing at cleansing a palate. Mm-hmm. In between whiskeys, um, people would drink water, and I, water's fine, but water only handles the, the water-soluble flavors and compounds that are stuck to your tongue and in your taste buds. Yeah. Um, it's something that's got, you know, the whole, the whole I, nine I think you make a lot of good points there. I'd also, for what we have a moment here, I'd like to talk a little bit about Jordan Reed's. Okay. The man, the myth, and the... Uh, um, I was gonna say felon, but sure. Felon. Um, yes. But uh, you know, he, he did a lot of things. Yes, but uh, fa- fa- they call him the king of bootleggers. It's on. The, it's on the labels of these uh, George Remus picks here. So you know it's true. Bootleggers. Um, the story I always tell people when I'm talking about George Remus is he. Well, I, I leave out the part about. Well, I don't always leave out the part about him murdering one of his wives, but uh, allegedly. No, 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 no. He did. I think he got convicted. <laughs> he, of did, he, he did. No, he got off. Uh, listen, there, he, he, got off, he, yes. he, he was a lawyer. He was a pharmacist turned lawyer turned bootlegger. Let's. Yep, let's just yep. let, oh, right. Let's so he had, he had a lot of lies. What I wanted to talk about is the brilliant part of it, which was so he owned, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think I got the most of the timeline down here. He oh, During Prohibition, he owned or bought some uh, medical wholesalers, so they were making alcohol for medical purposes, and then he would be you know, shipping the alcohol to these. Distribution centers, and then you'd hire people to rob those shipments. Then he'd collect the insurance money for the the lost product, but then the product that he stole himself would then sell the speakeasies across the country. That's not not true. Actually, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I encourage everybody to read the book *Ghosts of uh, Eden Park*, which is literally written about George Remus himself. I mean, this is a man that was that Jay Gatsby from *The Great Gatsby* was based upon, right? Just start there. This is the man who invented the insanity defense. 
the not guilty by reason of mental defect. And John, if I remember correctly, you're a lawyer. I mean, maybe in like Ohio where he was being tried, they probably didn't have it at the time, but the insanity defense has existed for a long time. But I will say, I saw this on the PBS. Oh, temporary insanity, sorry. Oh, temporary, yes, right. So, okay, yeah. Right? Like, no, I was only insane for this moment. I'm fine now, but I was only insane for this one moment, and I did this I thing. do believe that. I believe that. Uh, I believe that because the first time it didn't work. From what I from what I remember historically, but like he he did he's yes that was a defense, um, but Who he was defending it? bootleggers and he was like man these guys are idiots there's a way better way to do this I think I saw this on the Ken Burns documentary I think this all shakes there, there's also there's also like a bunch of anecdotal <laughs> and I want to stand by there's there's a bunch of anecdotal stories too which which we can we can leave to whether or not there's history in it or not but like the there's, the there's someone fell in the legend. right there's moments where he got like held up at gunpoint by these guys trying to jack jack a shipment and he's like no. You guys should come work for me. And instead of them like robbing him, he hired them. And he then looked, he started like, robbing them in their paychecks. He's like, no, I, I, I like the way you guys rob. Like, let's let's do this. <laughs> um, and truly, I remember it, that from the Ghost of Eden's Park. Yeah, I was, I was at. Yeah, yeah. He just really he he was good. He had he had charm. He had charisma. Uh, he was gave lavish gifts to everyone that showed up at his house. Diamond hat pins. I'm sorry, I didn't show up with any actual gifts for you guys. But I'm not he, and I'm certainly not bringing. Obviously, the, obviously, the, the, the gift of your monologues is all we need. So. Yeah, and and series one through four was awesome. Heard. So what do we have now? So this is a uh, George Remus uh, single barrel single barrel pick. I believe it's cast strength, six years. It's 116.6 proof. Yeah. So we do the single barrel. Pro- the single barrel program is fairly new, but we've been doing this where restaurants, bars. Liquor stores, you know, I mean, come on, let's be real. If you're listening, you know what a single barrel pick is. You know yeah. how it works. But the idea is, this is works fairly new to this. Uh, this is our first Remus year. Last year was actually only our rye. We were putting on our Rossville brand. This is the first year that we did a Remus single barrel uh, for the public. And I, you know, we've got three here, and I think there were some really great picks. I also will happily say that I think Illinois got the cream of the crop. But again, that's take that with a massive grain of salt because obviously I'm the sales rep in Illinois, and you are you only here. And pretty sure I sold. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I sold one of you guys that, uh, one of these. We'll get into that. The first one we're trying is uh, from a liquor store here here in Chicago. Yep, um, Binnie's. Binnie's Beverage Depot. What is a Binnie's? Oh, they, it's Mr. Binstein. <laughs> From <laughs> absolutely kidding, they're my best customer. <laughs> they're literally the reason I can pay rent. Sounds like a company that doesn't even carry George Remus anymore. <laughs> um, wow! Do you guys acknowledge our corporate entanglements, like at any point, like in all this, or is it just kind of we're just people hanging out? We're just people hanging out. Yeah, I gotta say, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm we're, we're all we're all in the know. We're all in. We're all hooked up. Yeah, like I sell booze. Chicago. No. You know, he sells fine. booze. I sell booze. I'm you a drink, booze. I drink booze. You're a bartender, right? Jenny's a bartender. Like, I, I just want to be clear. Like, all right. It's, so when we talk about this kind of stuff, it's not like we're complete I think greenhorns. We, I think we have. Um, I think we have on premise, off premise. We have two levels of distribution out of the three. We have the consumer present. We have everybody but the distributor. A vertical integration here. I feel I like you're not consuming have, enough as the consumer. I, I well, mean, hold on. About it. We have. Do, I think we do have. We've got. Who's our distributor? Oh, you're right, you're right. We're, 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 where's Steven when I need him? Um, oh, distributor. Yeah. No, you don't need those. They don't do anything. Right, anyway. yeah. Most, most manufacturers Middle and retailers man. believe that distributors don't. Survive. All right, hold on, hold on. I will be, this is this is the Chicago bicycle problem, and it is, if you're a pedestrian in Chicago, every bicycle doesn't 
adhere to any of the rules, right. and the cars aren't paying attention to pedestrians, and you're like, they're pulled out to kill me. If you're a bicyclist, you're like, pedestrians don't know when to get out of the way, and cars are trying to kill me. When you're in a car, everyone's in the way, right. and it's it's just a matter of and perspective, you right? Because I've been a distributor. Like I, I work for a distributor. I've done I've done all three tiers at this point. Yeah. Like it's it just depends on which angle you're looking at. I'm sure my distributor looks at me with a middle finger once in a while and probably vice versa. I, I, again, like no, not currently, but like historically, yeah, it happens. And I'm sure the retailers hate us too. Different points. Oh down. yeah, I don't mean to say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that okay. I think that people find distributors easiest to hate because sometimes. Uh, it is uh, they feel unnecessary for certain brands, certain stores, or whatever. But there is a purpose that they serve, and the fact that state law requires a distributor to be able to move goods from the manufacturer to the retailer. You know, if you want to have a three tier, if you want to have a th uh, three tier market discussion here, I will get somebody from a control state in here. I promise oh. you, and I will get somebody from a distributor here in, in the city in, in, a, in a three tier, and I'll get somebody from a control state to come in here and talk about that. Because that in and of itself is its own show to describe the two different systems that sell you your booze and why you can't get the things you want because of the state. Yeah, right, right. And, uh, I mean, here we are talking about Joe Dreamus, who believed in integration in all its senses. Uh, to be able to That's buy a product and steal your own product is tr true integration. Okay. Vertical. Yeah, <laughs> vertical, horizontal. Listen, I love vertical integration, so it's fantastic. Um, so what are anyway, we talking about? I gotta say, I love, I love it. No, this is great. Thank you, thank you, Jamie. This, Benny's, back this Benny's pick is is actually. I'm getting a phenomenal. I haven't tasted it yet. It's phenomenal. Right. So now again, these are single barrel. So it's either the 21 percent rye that we were talking about earlier, or the 36. There's no more blending going on. Yeah, okay. and this is a um, and it is cast strength. Yeah, six year cast strength. Do we know? I'm sorry. Did we say which? Uh, I have a harder time pinning down the no, nose on the year. What? No, this doesn't say the the mash bill or anything. Oh no, no, no. A lot of times you can tell. I was getting, I um, I was getting a lot of um, really sweet, rich, almost like a like a German chocolate cake or something. It's like John's got the best descriptors. Well, I would disagree with you because I hate coconut. And I don't get a lot of cocoa. Well, I'm thinking more about the of a, right the cocoa. Like you know, German chocolate cake isn't like chocolate cake, like the chocolate part of German chocolate cake. What is that? I don't know. Chocolate cake. But it's not. It's like <laughs> it's like a light chocolate cake. It's like a it's like a, a tan red velvet cake? cake. No, that's because well, there's no red food coloring taste. Yeah. <laughs> right. It doesn't change it. <laughs> Listen, I'm a sucker. I add food coloring to all the things I make. Mm. There's red food coloring in my Green chili this year. Ham. Just a little bit. There's like a depth to that, though. I feel like. It's I really like. I really like the single barrel picks because although they are almost half the age, the uh, lack of proofing down to 100 really lets us like. A half the age of the repeal reserve. Right. right sorry. Yeah. Right. So now I'm just moving. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like yep. we're before we're talking about a blend of like 10 to 12 year olds. These single barrel picks are all like around five. So I six. Think. Around six. Around six. Sorry. So right, but like. We get so much flavor from this by leaving this at cask strength. I'm almost positive. I can't speak to the the wild card one you brought, but the the, the two of them are that we're tasting were six. Mm -hmm. I can't help but say I, this, I but I, six, yeah. I feel like I, I know, a lot of the different uh, things we tasted tonight. I taste a lot of nut flavors. That's Age of maturity, right there. <laughs> it's. I mean, I I get you in the for sense that it's like I'm getting some savory uh, more than I'm like really sweet. Um, that's a good way to put it. That's what I was describing as depth. I think you're right. It's like a savoriness. Um, yeah. Umami, if you will. Maybe that's why I'm having trouble like pinpointing the nose on some of these is it's blended. Ah, or it's just difficult to... I, this is not blended, but... 
It is difficult to pinpoint. It is. I mean, I think you would have a hard time finding another. I mean, think about all the six and seven year old bourbon, age stated bourbons out on the market, and like finding one like I can't think of one off the top of my head that is as flavorful, as pleasant, lacking in heat. I mean, I'm not thinking of any ethanol note on that. Like that is. Oh no, that is just a killer fantastic, bourbon. Yeah, fantastic and I believe it wasn't it's sixty bucks I think at the time, um, so pretty reasonable for how good it is. Shocker, considering I think we make like a fifth of all the bourbon on earth. I just think that it's like it's a staggering amount when you actually think about. Well, and when you think about, you can only make bourbon in America, so right? I was just saying, like, yeah. and then it's from Indiana. So just just for the for the record, the idea. Oh, that's you know that's my baby. That's that's my favorite one. The last one we're gonna pour. Well, you don't know that because you haven't had this one yet. That's that is also one. true. Right. So, um, but I have an emotional stake in this one because this is the one that I personally kind of ulti, really. represented. Actually, I didn't taste it. I had no, I had no dog in this fight. I sat there as an objective. This observer. is like a sentence that starts off with a participle, and we just need to tell the listeners what happened here. Please, John. So this uh, next bottle that we're trying comes from the Windy City Sippers. It's a bourbon group that Parker and I uh, are a part of, and Jenny. Really, all everybody in this room is a part of to varying degrees and with very varying uh, roles. But um, I think that um, what's fun about this is that actually I, I wasn't a part of picking this barrel from George Remus. Uh, nor was I. But we have friends whose palates we trust, and Harrison, you were there to. Um, well, I presented it to him. Presented, yeah. but I didn't taste and or vote on it. I, I presented it to what like a half dozen people. Right. And, uh, so and was working that it's day. a bourbon affinity group here in Chicago, the Windy City Sippers. Yeah. And I mean, I've been told this is probably the best George Remus single barrel ever in Illinois. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean there's two ways to describe it, great or greatest. <laughs> right. I, I, would, I would get it. Here, here are the things that it has going for us. Uh, we, know, we know where this barrel was because, again, this is an intimate knowledge that I have off the top of my head. And this is the, this is the power of privilege, right? Like, we just happen to be in the same group and having this conversation. Um, this was this was aged in our fill house. We know that, so it's actually one of the only climate controlled areas of our aging warehouse. Uh, if you had been to the Zoom tasting uh, with us, you would you would remember that. Um, what was yeah. it then? Zoom tasting? Yeah. So uh, so this is actually from an interesting part of our Rick House like sections because there's multiple that don't quite isn't quite the same as all the other Rick houses. Um, it was not one of the first ones to be picked in Illinois because obviously the 800 pound gorilla gets what the 800 pound gorilla wants. I see. Um, mm -hmm. but, but they also went to the distillery and they were picking from a different selection. So, so independently, this is probably one of the first barrels picked from the entire arc of barrels. Can you say at least that what you had to share with people to try uh, this was the Windy City Sippers had uh, got a chance to try first. Uh, no, no, you guys are the first people. Yes, you guys are the first people I actually sat down and tasted with. That's not to say that there was a bad barrel on the floor. Like right. there, there were no bad barrels. No, it was just a matter of like you you tasted. You know, you yeah. tasted the same amount as everyone else, but like mm -hmm. the selection that was available to you was All here's good. this, and then the moment you picked these because uh, two got picked that night, I think. Yeah. So the moment those two were out, the next person that tasted just tasted the same volume, but just did not have those it's like, two. So which one of these $100 bills do you want? I mean, they all look pretty good. 
Well, and one of them they're all worth a hundred bucks. Right. So one right. of them has my lucky numbers on the serial number. Exactly. exactly. And that's just it. It's, and that's it's, how you pick your it round. is. It is a little. It's. I mean, it's a little it's subjective. Subjective. Because we're all looking for what I, I mean. What what people uh. It's good. What people think about like single barrels is like maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but it's always about you're looking for something unique. You don't want it to be exactly on brand profile. Mm-hmm. Like what uh, the the goal is not to like find a good or bad when you're looking between single barrels, but it is to find good. like something fun if you can like find bacon. And and actually I meant to say this about the Benny's pick. When I got that aroma, I know we're going back a little bit. Yep. That aroma to me was like really bacony, is really salty. This one is sweeter. It is like a uh, like a almost it's not vanilla, but it's definitely like a a, a less savory just a, a, a scent. I feel like, so mm-hmm. it's weird, like, this whole night I feel like I've gotten a little bit of either vanilla or butterscotch on almost every nose. Like, not all of them, but almost every one of them. Like, mm-hmm. they've all been a little bit similar in that way to me, personally. Well, this one I get less butterscotch but and more vanilla. But this goes to the DNA side of it. Yes, right? absolutely. They should, right, they should absolutely, have a, yeah. a thread that connects it's them. It's all this yeah. similar But, like, story. I keep trying to pick yeah, something different nuanced. from those things, it's and that's, like, what I'm just getting. Well, this is all nuanced differences in similar mm-hmm. product. Um, but yeah, you're right. I guess it's a little bit sweeter, less, a little bit less savory. I like it. I a tend lot. to, I tend to like uh, sweeter bourbons. Um, I do too. I mean, there's a point at which where if you don't have enough barrel character to it, then it Not can so be. Much, but yeah. Yeah, but this has got a, a nice um, barrel influence to it for sure. Well, and and don't forget, like even though we call it, you know, six year, because we like based on the barrel date, it sat there for maybe a little bit longer before it got. Bottle like there is still a gap that will I will never I don't know I can't tell you I don't know whatever but I'd rather round down than up sure on the subject but also what I think we learned from all of these single barrel picks is that age uh, as you talked about is a bad indicator of maturity because these six year old bourbons taste I think much better than some hyper aged bourbons yeah it's a sponge it's the sponge theory right. So you get a brand new sponge. You get that yellow and green Scotch Brite sponge, right? Yeah. The fuck. The first time you you fill it up and you squeeze it out, all that yellow stuff comes out of it, and that's bourbon, baby. Yeah. Like right, like the first time, first fill, one one time use only. Right. That's it. That's exactly what works. And then Scotch barrels are like, why well, Scotches start at twelve years and bourbons are four years, and they're so because well, same thing. That 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 sponge has been squeezed out a lot over the years. Like it, it takes time. It's, I would I would also. Throw in the fact that if you're aging something in Scotland in a cooler climate, oh, well, it, ta- it takes longer. We can to totally get into that that side of it, but again, I feel like I don't want to. Oh no! Yeah. And you want to talk about uh, so what you? Good. If you want to listen to some of our other our other podcast episodes, you want to hear like how um, rums in Fiji the humidity is higher and it gets more barrel influence. But you heard from our last episode. So I, right, I was say I I, I feel like I feel like that no, but I feel like that gets to the idea of age and maturity. Right, a twelve year old Scotch. And a four-year-old bourbon aren't compatible. Like it just, it just you, you can't. You can't you're right. That it's, is, it's not something. You it's like trying to compare vodka to gin, right? Like these spirits. Well, these are different. I think spirits. that's more compatible. That's much more compatible. Yeah. Well, I, but, I know. But gin I think that's is like I think that's like comparing vodka. Gilmore Girls to Supernatural. Yeah, Jared Padalecki's in both of them. I'm I'm warning a lost heart. <laughs> By the way, season one, those um, Gilmore Girls was the lead in Supernatural. <laughs> just so you know, because the, I watched the first half of the first season of Supernatural. And because the person I was dating at the time loved Gilmore Girls, so we watched Gilmore yeah, Girls. Didn't Jared Padalecki play Supernatural. someone named Dean, which is hilarious because then Jared Padalecki went to play Sam with a brother named Dean. Yeah. Whole thing. So I am getting a, now we've got a, a strong... Hold on, hold on. Let's talk about what are we, what are we moving yes. on to here. 
So we've <laughs> so we've picked up uh, the next one is uh, uh, George Remus from a pick from a Chattanooga uh, liquor store. Um, it's called um, Imbibe, and their their little sticker says your name here. So it is just a very unassuming. One that I picked up while I was traveling over Labor Day. Do we and know uh, how many years? How yeah. Many... Um, I don't know the years because I don't have it on the label, but it's 122.8 proof. Okay. And um, that is all we have. All we got? Now, now, did you pick this up in Chattanooga? In Chattanooga. I didn't buy it. Um, did you meet any women and then follow-up question, did you tell them, you must be from Tennessee because you're the only 10 I see? I missed that opportunity, but I'll be back. Okay. I'll be back. <laughs> I have friends just, in Chattanooga. Just checking. Yeah. Should I tell the podcast listeners the time I tortured a friend on a seven hour, seven and a half hour trip to Tennessee? Every state, every sign that we went through, every new state we went into, from Chicago to ten, from from Tennessee to to Illinois, like every state, every major like city we passed through, I looked at the signs like, are are we in like Bloomington, Bloomington? Because you're the only ten I see. Oh <laughs> I kept doing that bit. But then we crossed the line. We see the sign coming up. Seven and a half hours in. And we see the sign come up to Tennessee, and he's looking at me, and he's like waiting for it. He knows I've been doing this, and then immediately we just cross the line. And I don't say anything. I'm just looking forward, just kind of minding my own business. And I have never seen a human being combust the way he combusted. Give him that sweet release. He was so upset that I did a seven and a half hour bit just to deny the final punchline. You are a monster. Yeah, I mean a little bit. I've been so on a, for 15 years. <laughs> on a, so, 15? so this isn't a tennis, well, I guess it ends up being a Tennessee story, but Parker and I, Parker and I drove to Memphis, Tennessee. I knew you were going to tell the story. That's from, from, Tennessee. One, so I was thinking about it. <laughs> yes. Uh, from Chicago, and I don't know if you know this, but if you drive from Chicago to Memphis, you have to drive through all of Illinois that is that has nothing in it. It's not um, an interesting drive. I'm no. Um, but the only thing Parker did the entire drive is sing, Walk in a Memphis. Walk in a Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> over and over the, in, and over it's again. Out. You're welcome. <laughs> it was I, admire, I admire the, the bit. There was that famous comic, which, of course, I'm not going to be able to describe. Yeah. <laughs> it is a clown and a man in the desert. The man in the desert is completely dehydrated and sad. The clown is squirting water from his flower on the man's face. And he, the caption just says, I'm not mad. I'm not sure if I should be mad that you had water this whole time or if I should admire your commitment to the bit. And <laughs> I think that is... I think that's actually my like tagline. Put that on my epitaph. Uh, can, I, can I say something, though? Like, I feel like... Of course you can. A lot of the people in our group of friends in this group here and outside of it, um, I praise commitment to the bit as a whole because I feel like when there is a bit to be had in our group of friends, people do not mess around with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we you both, you've seen the movie Tag, both of you. Absolutely, right? yeah. All three of you have seen the Love movie it. Tag, John? It's a great movie. Um, that's a definition of a group of friends that stays together way too long for a commitment to the bit. Yeah, And Love uh it. You know, that's, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. And yeah. uh, as Parker already mentioned, yes, he and I have been friends for around 15 years. Oddly 16, enough. 16 years now, I think. Okay, yeah. what's well, longer than the show Supernatural, which yes. I am mourning currently. Yes. But like how Parker it, felt a little offended that it's now 16 years. No, no, no. I, 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 I said 15, and I, it occurred to me that it's, it's I was, now 16. 
Right. Without without divulging any of our industry connections, I was the best man at Jenny and Parker's wedding. Like, yes. That's, it was a phenomenal that's real. speech. Too. And I'm not going to lie. I don't remember it. I, I, I made it up so, on the spot. So, I'm not going to lie, Harrison, the, the one thing that I remember you saying from that speech, because you know the days of blur, is, uh, yeah, we nailed it you know, uh, <laughs> Harrison's, he, he's up there and he says, I have been best friends with Parker for 13 non-consecutive years. Oh, there was that one Pat year. Yeah. So Actually, we're going on 17 years then. Aww. Year, um, we're like 16 and a half, because based on, based on that, and our two-year anniversary will be in September, so we're, mm-hmm. we're, like we're coming around. Yeah. And a half. Yeah, I trust, I trust that number more than I trust my current Yeah, math. I mean, the, you're bearing the lead, though. Um, the, a friend of the show, Josh Pillow's uh, MC work at that wedding was just... Oh, phenomenal. Oh, was oh, Josh yeah. on the show? You had Josh on the show? Not yet, but he's a, he's a friend of the show, though. Oh, and, at some point, we'll get him on Oh, you should show. have him on the show. Uh, he absolutely I thought he was going to be here tonight, actually, and he yeah. ended up showing up. But, uh, He'll make it, yep. All right. Well, if you invite him right. back, I'm willing to come back and talk not about MGP stuff. Uh, let's yes. talk about this last uh, yes. taster. I, I like it. I like it just fine. I get a little bit more of the, just on the nose here, a little bit more of the uh, acetone. I was going to say, I'm getting less of like the vanilla and the butterscotch on this What one. we do have to note is that this bottle we did open today, this is the that's only prob- That's probably a big part of that, yeah. We're taking the neck for it here. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to open up quite nicely. I don't think that right now it's as pleasant as it would I think, be. I think my children will really like this bottle. Yeah. I don't think your children are going <laughs> to see this bottle. We're going to finish this bottle before they come to drinking age. I think... <laughs> We're going to train them earlier mm-hmm. than that. I like it. I, I like it. I just... I'm not in like with it. I actually... <laughs> what I do like about it is... You want to talk about a nut... You want to talk about a nutty flavor with... Um, of everything we've had tonight, this has like a kicking, nutty, like... Um, peanut kind of flavor to it that I... The second time I've heard peanut tonight, to be fair. You guys have been bringing up peanut a bunch. Well, uh, the first time I brought it up, this is the first... I think that... I'm glad we stopped with this one because this one is a real palate kicker. Yeah, there's there's definitely more heat to this one, I think, than... I agree, John, that um, I, I, I would love to try, revisit this. We should revisit this in an unrelated podcast later on. And just to uh, be like, hey, we're trying that Chattanooga. We're trying that Chattanooga bit again. But, uh, Second Chances podcast. I love it. I love it. But it, I'm not going to lie, this is my third favorite of these three picks. Um, yeah, I agree. I like it because it's kind of opened up my... My favorite's still the uppercut. Yeah. I mean... No, the Windy City one. I'm so, No, I, even the Bindi's one. It's the highest proof out of the three. But uh, yeah. I, again, I don't dislike it. It's no, just, I agree. It's I mean, all three. of these three... I mean, all of these things... Actually, this is probably my least favorite of the ones we made. To, to be fair, hold on. Let, let's, let's be yeah. realistic about this. Uh, hang on. Sales hat back on. Let's... let's. I literally just... I want, he takes that off. I just take an actual hat off. I was going to say, I want to say that every time he talks about his sales hat, he, he takes I, it I, off I or puts hat. it on. Right, right. Yes. I, I want to be clear. Like, <laughs> it's not like we put forth a barrel that wasn't tasted ahead no. of time and wasn't worthy of putting out there. You know, there were no bad barrels anywhere in here. It's now a matter of nuance between... Exactly. These individual picks and what you what you're in the mood for. So it, it, it none of these are. I think I don't want to. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Don't, I know we're not saying that, but I just want to say on the record, like nobody's implying that one's not great, but like someone and, has to be number one. And as the consumer here, I'm definitely saying that like all three of these bottles are phenomenal. Like all of the bourbons we've had from this last pick to Eight oh, yeah. Sand are very good sippers. Uh, 
I would not any of the single barrels or the remises mix them in a cocktail because it is good bourbon on its own. Mm. But if you like cocktails, you always have to have a good base. And Actually, this, this would be sand might be good for choice. if you're looking for like a, a whiskey that has a little bit of a spice for your Thanksgiving. I think, yeah, the first two, I honestly got a lot of Thanksgiving spices out of it. Yeah, that could work. And John, you got to remember, and I believe I this was a, I believe this was a quote from... George either, Patton. Uh, no, no, no. no. Um, it, either George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, I always forget. But one of these two said, there's no wrong way to drink whiskey. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, if you want to use a George Remus, like, and again, actually, actually regular George Remus, which we sadly did not get chased here. Um, if you want to, like, it's a great sipper, but if you want to put it in a cocktail, go for it. If you want to spend nice eighty bucks on a uh, a repeal reserve series four, and you want to put that in a cocktail, more power to you. That's going to be a freaking great cocktail. Is, is now the time where we talk about the the rule that uh, a bottle of bourbon that you use in a cocktail should never cost more than one thirty third of your weekly income, like the thirty third rule? I'd never heard of that. I didn't know that was a thing. No, no, I invented this like years ago, but I'm, I, this, <laughs> I have a platform again. You've given, me, you've given me a platform, right? It's the 133rd rule. Whatever you, whatever your paycheck net, like whatever you're actually like, take yeah. on, you know, let's be real. Yeah, after taxes. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, that's all that really Just, matters. Uh, one thirty-third. You should never make a cocktail. That is a rule. You can bend rules. You can break rules. Sure. Obviously, at discretion. But the general rule of thumb is never make a cocktail with a bottle that cost more than one thirty third of your weekly income. Weekly. Yeah, okay. weekly. Oh, so it's bi weekly. You just, got right, two yeah, guys yeah, doing yeah. math in here now. Yep. Oh my god! And you know what? No, no one, no one announced what they're. Uh, we're no, all gonna don't be say it. Out Everyone's going to press. But the point being, the the idea is, if you're willing to spend more than a thirty third of your weekly income on this bottle, you should probably just. You know, enjoy it as is. Hmm. You can probably do more than you think. Right? <laughs> um, you know what? Yeah. Um, of, the, of what we tried here, I could do an eight and sand cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> but, the, but that's what I'm. That's what I'm pitching. But that's what I'm pitching. Right. That's, all the rest. All the rest of these. It, it wasn't as bad it. as I thought it was going to be. But I, uh, yeah, I won't be doing a sixty dollars barrel pick in a cocktail on the base on that. But you should. But right. But that's a whole. But if you're trying to figure out whether or not it's okay to do it, first of all, if you feel like it's okay to do it, do it. It's your bottle. You paid for it. You do whatever the hell you want with it as long as you enjoy it. And frankly, as long as you share it with friends of legal drinking edge, as long as you share it with friends and no one drops, right? Like, fine. I'm completely 100% behind. I don't care what you do with the bottle once it's at, you know, I can't say, I care a little bit. Like, don't, you know, again, don't do all don't those things. Don't pour it out. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but Harrison, I want to do a Volstead and, uh, and Coke. Stop, please. Are we talking, never mind. But uh, cola, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cola. Oh, yeah. Sorry, RC cola. No, any any cola. 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 <laughs> um, but 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 yeah, I appreciate that. Um, the highball Volstead. Yeah, I wouldn't do bulk cocktails with. I appreciate that's a good math for that. I wouldn't do bulk cocktails for anything more than that math you just gave. Exactly. Me. Yeah. But to do one just for fun, sure. Oh, sh- I remember that's the Badger Nath rule. Uh, famous from Beer Fest. Beer Fest. Yeah. If you if you have to ask, you can't yeah, afford it. Yeah. The very yeah. badge math rule: if you have to ask, you can't afford it, and that—that's I remember where it was. The badge math principle. Yep, one thirty third of the paycheck though does does totally do it. Okay. Um, well, I enjoyed everything we tried tonight. Um, I think four for me edges out three, which edges out two, 
So I think we're repeal I reserve. think we're repeal actually, reserve. Yep. For so. repeal reserve, I think we're half and half because I think John and I like three better, and Harrison and Parker like four. And this better. is and this goes back to our, our famous 1910-1920 Forster debate. Uh-huh. We we admit this there, is subjective. There will be no resolution. <laughs> yes. Um, we don't stop drinking when this shows over, right? Of course no. not. Correct. Um, but, uh, That's when it starts. I want to thank everyone for listening. This is um, we're over an hour. Good job, everybody. We'll be doing some cutting. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, get, we'll see if we get down to the line. Bye, spirits, guys. Yeah, so thank you uh, so much for, for listening, all three of you. Maybe four now. I don't know. <laughs> tell a friend. And yeah, tell, tell some friends, and we'll get it up to six. We need f- uh, five star reviews, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please give us your five star reviews. And uh, thanks so much, everybody. And thank you to Harrison for. Big thanks to yeah. giving us all of his George Remus knowledge. And uh, I was also here. Yeah. Go out and buy some George Remus in all of its forms. Thanks so oh, much, thanks. everybody. Uh, we love it. It's great. And I, honestly, I've not had a bad thing from them. And uh, hey, if you're looking for a good rye, Rossville Union. Try it right. That's their dry. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Thanks, guys.